The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. New Zealand's premier documentary film festival. We've still got tickets to give away, haven't we? To the Documentary Edge Festival? I think we have. I'm going to give away a couple of doubles anyway. Um, I'll just have to send them out to you. I think it's name on door. It's the Auckland season. Um, don't cry if you can't make it. There's still people in Auckland that can. Uh, so keep your ears peeled for that. Don't call right now. We'll do it at a juncture um, after or before. We've had a listen to a couple of the special interviews conducted this week. Murder in Mansfield, you heard the introduction. Uh, if you were listening just ahead of the news, yeah, this little kid, 12, testified against his father for murdering his mother, burying her in the basement under the concrete. Oh, God. Trying to get the truth out of his father, 26 years on. Point of no return is the other feature, and that's about that big, ridiculous-looking plane. Wingspan of a 747, and it's just got a tiny little thing with a bloke in the front of it. Solar-powered around the world. It's a hell of a story, actually. To speak to the directors, that'll be around about the 10.30 mark. OK, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, Skeptical Thoughts with Mark Honeychurch, ahead of John Diffig, and his letter from America this hour. Good evening. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. It's raining. Bullshit. Hallelujah. Hello. 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 Mark Honeychurch with Skeptical Thoughts. How are you, Mark? Hey, pretty good, thanks. And you? Fabulous now that I know a bit more about the Flat Earthers. I thought they might have just been trolls having fun because it's one of the more ridiculous things to have a belief in. Um, but I'm starting to like them. I like them as, as a concept because now I kind of get it. It does mesh a little bit more with what's uh, in, in the Torah. Yeah, yeah, there, there's certainly um, some kind of religious thing going on here with Flat Earth that's fairly interesting. It is. Um, we've got a little report here. Where did you yoink this from so I can give some, some credit about this Flat Earth thing? Um, so this was from TVNZ. They sent a reporter to a recent conference, the um, RE program that they have, or RE. They, um, yeah, they, they did a really good little segment on it. Okay, here we go. Oh, it starts off with that noise. It must be serious. We are on a stationary planet. We are the universe. Space doesn't exist. When you tell a lie, you've got to keep telling the lie and tell it well. NASA and the related space agencies, they don't do a good job of lying consistently well. But even it starts to stack up and pile up, and it becomes so, so overwhelming, you just, yeah, you're, you're actually a fool to deny it. All right. Okay. They seem genuinely to believe uh, in the in the flat Earth. There. How does it all work, Mark? Tell us. Um, so this is a, a local group that believe that the Earth is flat, and of course, flat Earthers, like a lot of other conspiracy theorists, they can't actually agree on what's going on. They just know that the official line is not true. That there are too many holes. There are too many things that just don't seem to add up. And so they're, they're confident that, as they say, NASA is lying to them. NASA being the big agency that's sending people to space. But obviously there's a lot of other people that send stuff up to space. There's satellites galore up there and everybody's lying. And this, this movement is getting bigger. And it's so big now that we have a local group that have managed to organize a conference. And uh, the audio we heard there, it, it's 
in a way, it's great to hear because it's Kiwi accents. It, it's our local people who are getting in on the act. It's yeah. big enough that, that there was something like 30 of them that met in a pub. Um, they they managed to squeeze into this little room. Apparently, they call themselves flatmates, which I thought was a, a cute little name for them. Brilliant. Um, I, was, I was impressed with that one. So they met in Auckland, and um, they had some guest speakers that connected in remotely. They had live streaming of speakers. Um, and they just talked about current theories and their ideas. And as we just heard, that was um, that was some quotes that were grabbed by TVNZ. And there was another thing that TVNZ noticed, which hopefully we've got a second audio clip yeah. for, um, that was readily apparent amongst the people who were attending. All right, here it is. There's 75 phrases in the Bible that mention the word stationary earth, under a dome, the firmament, well, you put two and two together. So you take the word of the Bible seriously? Oh, don't we all? <laughs> Presenting the globe model, teaching the globe model, disseminating it. I think it's part of hiding God. I think it's part of hiding the truth. Now, if they can get people to think that they're random bits of organic matter that are here by chance that have no purpose and are really significant in the bigger scheme of things, we accept what they tell us. We accept the purpose that they give us because we have none over our... Yeah, OK. That's, uh, it's meshing with scripture. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea is that Scripture says in various places that the earth is flat, that there is a dome and a firmament and all these kinds of things. And it turns out there is a large religious crossover. Um, and uh, a lot of the people there were religious at the conference. They were wearing T-shirts that had... Um, phrases on them that were religious and and they seem to be very fervent in their belief and i was talking with a friend this afternoon that said that um there's a bit of a crossover there with creationism as you'd expect and that um eugenie scott back in the day who has done a lot of good work in the states trying to fight creationism she tried to define different types of creationists who believe that god created the earth and possibly created it very young and one type has always been the flat earth creationists. Um, and it looks like they're gaining traction at the moment. But I was more interested in our local group, having found that they appear to be somewhat organized. I mean, they're running a conference. They're, they're doing a fairly good job. I looked up, and it turns out their primary vehicle for bringing new people in is a Facebook group. And they've got about 700 members. Although with things like this, I wonder what percentage of them are just there as trolls, are just there as observers to have a bit of a laugh at what's being talked about. It's... It's kind of hard to tell, really. Um, but there were some good posts I found in this group. One of them, somebody asked, uh, and I think I recognize the person as a skeptic. So he's at least one person that's not there for genuine reasons. I, uh, he asked the group if there were any atheists. And a few people responded yes. Most responded no. And there were some responses that said, if you're a flat earther for any amount of time, you will no longer be an atheist. The, the idea is that flat earth will convert you to Christianity. Right. Which, uh, it, it's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that that would be one of the ways that people would get into Christianity. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's being tried. It's it's another one of these ways of getting people into the religion. Well, um, Mark, it does mesh much better with scripture. A flat earth with a dome over the top is pretty much what's described. There are pillars, too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And corners are mentioned as well, you yeah. know, the, the corners of the earth. So possibly it's a flat square and not even a flat circle that a lot of flattered this believe in um but going through this, this facebook group i found a a picture showing a fat, flat horizon taken out from an airplane and again people seem to think that this was this was enough proof this was enough evidence that was going on but in that one was mentioned that there is a regular meeting presumably in auckland and that their next meeting they're going to use a laser and they're going to prove the earth is flat with a laser yay 
I just, I wish I could be there. I wish I could see that. Oh, that yes, would be please. absolutely brilliant. It would. <laughs> oh, look, my favourite um, my favorite bit about the concept of the universe is that NASA patrols the edges. So in case you want to go and prove it, they have snipers all around the edges to stop people going to the edge to prove that it's flat. Because that, that's the bit, that's all you have to ask, really, of a flat earther. Show me the edge. Yeah, and apparently it, it's impenetrable ice. That That's what you get to the edge. Instead of there being the Arctic and the Antarctic, um, instead there is this ring of ice that goes all the way around the edge, and that stops people being able to go any further. Oh, what uh, fun. <laughs> this is just great. I love it. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, so I had a little poke around some more, and I found a post asking, how do you tell your family members that you're a flat earther? Um, and there were some people saying, just be up front. Um, yeah. But maybe when you're up front, just tell your family members you don't want to hear any negative feedback, just positive feedback. Yeah. Which I thought was, it was the epitome of the, the echo chamber, the bubble that we see happening on the internet these days. Some people were saying appeal to common sense. Um, ask your family members, do they feel like they're on a ball spinning at a thousand miles an hour? Yeah. Somebody else saying, take them to the beach and show them the sea and explain that it looks flat. Therefore, the Earth must be flat. But it actually doesn't look that flat because you can't see for that far. It goes over the edge. <laughs> it's not That's what right. they're and saying it is. And if you find somewhere with cliffs and you go up higher, it turns out that you can see further or you can see more things. There, um, I've got a friend that he, he's doing a lot of tests to try and prove that the Earth is round. He's got himself a theodolite and something called a total station that has a laser that measures how far things away. And he's been climbing up and down hills and taking pictures and just doing some really good simple experiments to prove not just that the Earth is round, but to measure it and get some kind of guesstimate as to how round it is. And his numbers so far have come out really well. There have been some interesting bits he's found out, like that there is a, a refractive index, I think it's called, of the atmosphere. And you, you have a constant you have to bear in mind because light gets bent by this. Oh. Uh, it's something to do with the, the differing pressure of air as you go up. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to see him doing this. And, obviously, he's got to be in his bonnet about the flat earthers, but he's actually bothering to get out there and take some measurements. Oh, cool. look, a, a Greek and a toga did it in about 500 BC, <laughs> didn't he? He went to Egypt and measured some things. He got it about right into a few, you know, within a few yards. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even back then they came up with some very clever ways of measuring with shadows at noon and all sorts yeah, like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of feels like, you know, this should be gone. This nah. should be something that people still believe in. But I, I love it because it's just so obviously wrong. We've got so much evidence to the contrary, and yet people still end up believing it. Yeah. I think my grandmother thought that Earth was flat too. But, you know, there you oh. go. Okay. Let's go from Flat Earth, who'd have thunk it, to an all-time classic. We've got Loch Ness back in the news. Uh, and here are some people talking about Loch Ness and how to find Nessie. We go to Loch Ness, we sample water, we filter it, we extract the organic material that's in it, and then we extract the DNA and then compare those DNA sequences to things that are in all the databases around the world. If an animal lives in the water, its DNA is in the water. So instead of trying to catch it in a net uh, or send down a submersible, you can collect the water. I don't have any information on whether or not the Loch Ness Monster exists. If something's living in Loch Ness, an animal, uh, then its DNA cells from the animal are in the water and we can find it that way. How do you know it if you found it? Oh, okay, I'll leave you to address this. This is a classic. 
Yeah, so this is a really nice one. This is a bunch of scientists led by a Kiwi, um, Professor Neil Gemmell from Otago Uni. They're going to head out soon and um, have a look at the lake. They're going to go and take some samples from deep down in the lake. And as we heard, they're going to filter the water and look for biological matter. And that's going to include scales that have fallen off fish and lots of poo and things like that. And they're going to be able to extract samples that they can get DNA from and then they're going to run this by a database of known DNA and see if there's anything that isn't recognized um, and the cool thing about this is when there's something that's not recognized they can at least see how familiar it is to known species so they might find that it's an unknown type of salmon that they find and they find a new species but the whole thing is being done with the idea that they are trying to find Nessie, and I wonder how much of that is that it's uh, it's good advertising, it's yeah. good for publicity, and quite possibly it's good for funding as well. Right. Actually, I've noticed Otago being rather forward with their publicity these days at Otago University. Have you noticed that? They've been to it everywhere with the big headline clickbaity thing. Yeah, I, th I think a few unis are getting in on this these days. And I'm, I'm certainly worried with some of the unis, the directions they're taking with alternative health and other things. But it, it's unfortunate that universities are getting more to be profit-making based. Um, you know, they, they've got to they've got to make sure that they make their money because they're not getting the government funding. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting way off the topic. Mm -hmm. And um, so the, the Loch Ness Monster, I, I love the case of the Loch Ness Monster because it is a classic case for skeptics. It is one of those things where you see parallels between this and lots of other stories. And so Loch Ness is something that the idea has been around for a long time. And since the 30s, there have been several sightings, there have been pictures, there have been videos. And it all starts off fairly innocently. This this idea that there is a some kind of dinosaur or plesiosaur or something living in the deep loch in Scotland um, it's it's got appeal and it, it's taken on a life of its own and at first people were describing lumps being seen in the lock and some pictures were taken footprints being found um somebody i think bumped a car into something they thought was an animal that they'd never seen before but at some point it starts to get more nefarious at some point when this folklore becomes well known people start to fake it and for some people, it's pranks. It's pranks. It's just enjoying winding people up or getting into the media. Um, for others, it's a little bit more. And for the Loch Ness monster, the very first one was to do with embarrassment and revenge. Um, and what happened was there was someone working for the Daily Mail back in 1930s, and they'd believed in what turned out to be a hoax of footprints of Nessie. And the footprints were made by a hippopotamus umbrella stand. Uh, so oh. the hoax was found out pretty easy. And I, I love how simple it is to do a hoax like that. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, nice. um, but this guy was obviously embarrassed about it. And so he worked with his family. They bought a toy submarine from Woolworths. They put on some wood putty to make it look a little bit like a plesiosaur. And they pushed it out into the lake where it, it potted along around the lake. And they took some pictures. They handed the pictures to a friend who was a gynecologist and he got them developed and then sold them to the Daily Mail. So they ended up making money out of the Daily Mail, which I guess was a, a pretty good form of revenge. Um, and since that, there have been other fakes. One has been called the Loch Ness Muppet because apparently it was such a bad fake, it was really obvious. Um, and another one was a guy just trying to prank his colleagues. He, he had a dead elephant seal. I'm not sure how he got his hands on this, but he shaved it and threw it in the lock. 
um, and then took his friends out and they found it and uh, they wondered what it was for a while until they did some testing and figured out what was going on. Um, but this, as I said, it has so many parallels to things like Bigfoot where people start off very innocently, but it doesn't take long before people are out there to make a profit. And it's unfortunate that a genuine mistake for a long time can seem indistinguishable from these people that are out there trying to make thousands of dollars. And Bigfoot, I mean, there've been a lot of fakes for that one. There's been the freezer that's had a, I think it was just a, a gorilla suit filled with guts. Um, and there've been videos that have been faked the, between since like the 60s or 70s. And they try and sell these things for a lot of money. And it's just really unfortunate that what otherwise would just be a little bit of harmless fun ends up getting people ripped off like yeah. this. All right. Uh, finally, you've got a couple of minutes there. You can time yourself. The spirit whisperer guy is found guilty of indecent assault. Yeah, this one's an unfortunate one. And um, we, we see this kind of thing more often than I'd definitely like to. This is a Napier-based psychic um, who has just been convicted of two charges of indecent assault. The guy's name is Craig Wright. Uh, he's been calling himself the Spirit Whisperer, not the only one in the world, but he's one of the people that have taken on the name Spirit Whisperer. I had I had a look for him. His Facebook's been quiet for a few years, but he has been doing the rounds. He's been traveling the country and doing psychic readings and things like that. I even found that it looks like he did a pilot for a TV show with Sue Nicholson. Um, thankfully, that didn't go anywhere. That's really good to see. But this guy basically was doing a ritual cleansing on a male teenager. And um, in his defense, Craig said that his normal method for for doing this kind of procedure is to start off by putting his finger in someone's belly button and that tells him if they're possessed by some kind of bad entity of course um, and in this case when he decided that the victim had a problem he took him to another room that's where the assault took place and it's just it's really sad and it's a kind of thing where in a way you think there should be some kind of regulation there should be a professional association of psychics that have some kind of code of conduct an idea about what's acceptable, what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and, you know, physical touching is generally one of those things that you, you shouldn't be doing. Um, but, of course, at the same time, if you have that kind of regulation, if you have a professional standards body, it legitimizes this kind of thing. Yeah. And psychics are not in any way legitimate. They are con artists, pure and simple. Um, and anything that makes them look like they are believable i just i wouldn't want to see happen no i'd be, i'd be interested in seeing the government do something that manages to effectively police these people and have a set of rules that stops them doing things that um that really they shouldn't be doing and the same not just for psychics yeah. but alternative medicine practitioners as well but without giving them that legitimacy that they really don't deserve mark honeychurch thank you very much we'll talk again in a couple of weeks time skeptical thoughts public service the Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. For details, visit dockedge.nz. To achieve the unification of my great motherland, we'll do the business. U.S. is the least qualified guy to preach and teach China. Yeah. Don't tell us what is good for China. Thank you very much. It's better for you as to shut up. Hello, John. Yeah, yeah. We should, you know, and I say that every week, but, you know, China's killing us. They're killing Trump, they, you know, with the trade stuff. They've just killed him, and with the North Korea thing, they've killed him. Yeah, you know, they've played him like a like a violin. Um, you know, when the talks were cancelled. Yeah, I thought, thank God, 
Yeah, yeah. But now they might be on again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look, I just want to tell Donald Trump, just leave well alone. Yeah. Um, what do you think a meeting between a sociopathic narcissist <laughs> and a man who thinks he's God or is treated like God 24 hours a day, day. What are the, what's the likelihood of things going terribly wrong? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You never know. You know, North Korea is going to come out of this way better than we are. Uh-huh. You know, and that, not, ta- that takes some doing. <laughs> when you have a look at what sort of country North Korea is, exactly. that takes some damn doing. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. But here's a good thing. In the United States, Trump has a very high level of dislike, and people say so. Yeah. Try that in North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Say anything against yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you're gone. Steal a poster. You come home in a coma. Yeah. We're talking about uh, this kid, Warmer, Otto Warmer, from, yeah. uh, from Ohio. You know, 21 years old. He stole a poster in a hotel. They put him in jail. He comes back. He's brain dead, and they, he died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Kim Jong Un. So according to Mr. Trump, a nice guy. So USA, uh, yeah, take a bow for that. It's, you're not North Korea, Daddyo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, America Times Five. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a look at a, look at a couple other things that are just going on in America before we get to the asshole in the uh, White House. Oh, you're gonna talk about <laughs> Trump this week. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What happened? <laughs> Where am I? But first of all, okay. Well, it's Memorial uh, Day weekend this weekend. Oh, is that your Anzac Day? Yeah, it is our Anzac Day. It's it's where we um, uh, honor the military that have died in action. Mm-hmm. And it um, most people, I would imagine you would ask most people, and they would have no idea, but it started after the Civil War. Oh, yeah. You know, some people got together, uh, women particularly, and started to commemorate the fallen soldiers on both sides, mm-hmm. not trying to pick a side. Yeah. And then from there, it, it evolved into um, a national holiday and a remembrance of those uh, killed. And it also, um, on a positive note, is the start of our summer. All right. Yeah. So oh. summer summer starts. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, hot dogs. I, I, had to, I had to mention this about hot dogs because I love hot dogs. Mm. You know, I mean, frankfurters. You know, I mean, I get them every now and again here, and I'm a killer, you know. I mean, I get six at a time, yeah. and I wolf them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hesitate. <laughs> yeah. There is actually a competition. You could enter. I could enter. But we eat 20 billion hot dogs a year in America. Really? Yeah, 20 billion. And the thing is, they did a poll recently, and half of the populace doesn't want to know anything that's in them. <laughs> No. I'll eat them, but don't tell me what's in them. Exactly. You don't need to know. <laughs> exactly. Best leave well alone. If they taste good, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm know? totally with you. It's got as hard to get a good hot dog in New Zealand, though, isn't it? It's tough. you got to make, you know, you can get a frankfurter at the store. You yeah. Know, and well, how do you make them? Uh, I get I get the bun. I get a little, I get a red onion, chop it up fine. I get some relish, some pickle relish, mm. and mustard. Mm. And, and I just lay it all all in there, yeah. and I get some pickles. Do you boil the... I'll boil. Yeah, yeah, boil. So they're really hot. What sort of frankfurters do you get? Because that's, that's the dog. Yeah, that's the dog. It's uh, You go to the supermarket, and they're not in the package. you got to go to the butcher part oh, okay. and get the long ones, the okay. long, skinny ones. Those are actually frankfurters. What are they called? Frankfurters. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we do have tomato sauce and you have ketchup and it's the same stuff. No, 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 no. Bullshit. Well, it is. That's the same stuff. But you never put ketchup on a hot dog. Never, ever. That That's slap in the face territory. That's, that's is that your, insulting America? That's insulting America. You're a foreigner. You put hot, you know, you can put 
ketchup on a on a sausage, right? But not on a frankfurter. Right. Sorry, that that's a no no. What happens if you put garlic on it? Ooh, Ooh. Oh, there you go. Now Sauerkraut though. Johnny French. <laughs> yes. Surrender monkey. Surrender monkey dog. Johnny <laughs> French. Yeah. All right. The third thing, uh, the NFL came out and in the draconian manner that I thought they would. Because we had Colin Kaepernick, uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. He kneeled during the national, mm. national anthem mm. during American Gridiron Games. Mm. Uh, not to protest the flag, no. you know, but to protest police violence against African Americans. So anyway, the NFL this uh, just this week came out and said that now you are required to stand for the national anthem. How can they say that? Well, because they own them. It's kind of like a slave market, you know. Mm -hmm. They own them, so they said you have. To, if you don't want to stand, you can stay in a locker room until it's over. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I, I, it's, it's totally what America is not about. It's enforced nationalism, which is never a good idea. No. Nah. You have your choice, yeah. and that's it. If you don't like it... The right to burn the flag is what people died for. Yeah, that's exactly it. You have your right to speak your mind, and that is one way to do it. And a lot of people don't like it. You get emotional about it. It's still your right to do it. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Um, what would need to happen for Kaepernick to stand up and not take a knee? That's the question. Well, that's the question. You know, I mean, if there was positive, I guess, if there was meetings and positive... Um, there are meetings. Yeah, there are meetings, yeah. So, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a damn good question. I think it's the question. I would yeah. like to... Uh, you got his number. We can yeah. call him up. <laughs> we'll call him up, see what happens. What would it take what, yeah. to, to move this? Yes. Yeah. To make you happy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, 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 don't go yet because i got two other things. Oh, pardon me. This, you know, San Diego Zoo. This is, a, this is a great one here. This is a lovely one. <laughs> San Diego Zoo is a hell of a place. Really good zoo. In fact, my best encounter with a, a polar bear was at the San Diego Zoo. Just lovely. Of all the polar bear encounters that you've had, that was San the best one, wasn't best it? Best one. It's the best. You can go underneath. You can see them dive in. It's, it's amazing to look at these large animals in the water. It is I, world famous, isn't it, San yeah, Diego San Zoo? San Diego's, you know, it's it's a big zoo. You can't walk it hardly. you got to go on a bus and then walk around and get another bus. And But anyway... This is great. This is so America. I love this. This is the Chinese guy going, oh, least qualified guy. Here we are. They have an Australian walkabout thing that they're opening up. Okay, they got the kangaroos. They got the jacobies, uh, the wallabies. They got, the, you know, the yeah. all the different animals and shit. And so they, so they invite the press and all. They have a big ceremony to open it up. And they've got Maori dancers doing a poi. Oh! <laughs> So everybody on Twitter goes nuts and says, oh. no, 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 Maoris are from New Zealand. Uh. So the zoo comes back and goes, no, 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 they're from both countries. Excellent. They go, no, they're not. They're from Manly. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at the NRL. You're, you're half right. Uh, are you gonna, wouldn't you think somebody would Google that? No, I, you know, I don't want them to. I love a cock up like that. Keep oh, it up. It was great. Oh, man. Okay, last thing, and this is very interesting. This week. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. doesn't think that Sirhan Sirhan shot and killed his father. Yeah, I saw that weird, eh? Really weird. Now, Robert Kennedy Jr., I mean, it shows you how long ago it was. He's 64. Oh, God. He's an environmental lawyer. He's gone through all the papers, the court documents, and he actually went and interviewed Sirhan Sirhan for three hours. Yeah. And, um, well, he's talking to a nut bar, though. That's what you've got to remember. Yeah, okay. But, you know, he's come out and he wants the investigation reopened. So, okay. I, you know. All right, you might end up, as long as he's um, prepared that, it, that it's the same result. Yeah. But, boy, you read the stuff, though. Oh, but... Yeah. <laughs> Pre 
People just love a conspiracy theory so much. There's no shortage of reading material I know. regarding this. I know. I read, um, I read Manchurian the... candidate. He was hypnotized by the FBI. Yeah. 13 shots fired, and he only had an eight-shot gun. Oh, is that right? <laughs> So there are no security in there shooting anybody. I don't know. I just yeah. I read it and I went, oh well, maybe. So that's, <laughs> that's June sixth. I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember it happening, but June sixth, United States in 1968. Yeah. Uh, the United States lost one of its greatest opportunities. I. Uh, it's really, really hard, and I'm weary of saying this about anything uh, that you know really changed history. Yeah. But I think it did. Oh, it totally did. Totally because did. he was he yeah. was doing really well in that campaign. Yeah. yeah. And you know yeah. even if he didn't win that one, um, yeah. he was a a real solid head, uh, and he liked book reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he could he could speak, but boy, yeah. that you know, 1968 was a rough year. The Vietnam War press protests were going full steam ahead. I mean, mm. you had the student riots, the demonstrations. You had Martin Luther King getting shot. You had Bobby Kennedy. It was a hell of a year, wasn't it? Ooh, boy, it was a rough one. Yeah, it was a rough one. Yeah, yeah. France nearly went communist with the student protests. Yeah, yeah. Well, all across the the world, the student protests were you know that was the year. Yeah, I must get Chris Matthews booked. Not the guy on the headless chickens. <laughs> Uh, the CNN reporter, or oh, wherever yeah. he's ended up now. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know the guy? Yeah. He's yeah. done a book on Bobby. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I watch uh, Chris all the time. I, I like him. He's, yeah. you know, he's tough. He's hard-nosed. Yeah, I like him too. I've got a book for you. Do you want, you, you, you a reader? Yep, I am a reader. You a reader? I'm a big reader. Uh, yep. Just... Okay, folks, we're getting a book out here. Right. We like books. Um, I write the author. Yeah? Yeah. It's just so sad he's dead now. Uh, A.A. Gill. Oh, I like A.A. Gill. You do? Yeah, I love A.A. Gill. The Golden Door. The Golden Door. Oh, Letters to America. Yes. (laughs) Bingo, snap. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. It's, he's British as British gets, really, but um, he's got a lovely take on the USA, so I thought you might like that. I I love it, you know. In fact, one of the best uh, little pieces I read on A.A. Gill was Simon Wilson from Metro. Took him to a restaurant here in Auckland. Mm. And it was a total disaster <laughs> from word to go. Really? And, yeah. And Simon was, it was a very good article about, you know, I mean, this is so Kiwi. Simon Wilson calls the editor of Metro. He calls up the restaurant and says, I'm bringing A.A. Gill for <laughs> dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The head chef, it was his night off. And he goes, well, it's my night off. <laughs> A.A. Gill is probably most famous for his food writing, but yeah. um, I don't. I prefer his other writing. I know, actually. but I'm just yeah. saying he's, that, he's. No, that's amazing. I was just putting people in the picture, wondering why we're talking about a damn restaurant <laughs> uh, with this author. Yeah, no, he is a very famous food uh, critic, and the guy says, "Well, it's my night off." I just, like his TV reviews. <laughs> yep, I've actually yep. got an interview coming up with Michael Portillo. Portillo. Port- Michael Portillo. <laughs> um, is. Uh, former cabinet minister in <laughs> Conservative Party in Britain. He's doing a show about trains. Ah, but go. the difficulty in me doing this interview with Portillo <laughs> is that uh, it's etched on my mind what A.A. Gill, how he hey, described just... Michael Portillo. <laughs> yeah. um, he gets around on casters. <laughs> you know, like he's a piano? Yeah. Lovely. He yeah. gets around on casters. His <laughs> mouth opens like a morgue door. Oh, God. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. And th- there's more. Anyway, sorry, I just... Um, that's all right. No, I'm not apologising. There you no. go. There's a book. No, that's brilliant. I look forward to reading. Okay. I need a book, too. Well, I, I just read my last book and I haven't been to the library yet. Good one. 
where are you up to now? We're up to traitors. Okay. Traitors. Remember last week I said, you know, Don Jr. was a traitor and Trump's a traitor. The whole family are traitors. Now, just putting in historical perspective, the Russians haven't just been a approaching politicians this year. In 1960, Adlai Stevenson, who was a politician, was going to run for president. Democrat. And, yep. And they approached him. And oh, did they? They approached him to help him. But they were commies. They, yeah, they were. And that, in those days, they were real commies. I mean, it was like a really dividing line, but they approached him. Mm. And he said, no, I don't do that. America, <laughs> America doesn't do that. And in the what, middle of the Cold War. And of what, course he said no. What did he do, though? He called the FBI. Oh, okay. That's who he called. All right. They approached John F. Kennedy. Yeah. He said no. Yep. What did John F. Kennedy do? He called the FBI. Right. They approached Lyndon Baines Johnson. Did they? What did he do? He called the FBI. They approached Don Jr. Trump. What did he do? I love it. I want to meet you. I'm not calling anybody. I'm, I'm an asshole no, and I'm a no, traitor. No, I'm calling you on that. You cannot compare communist Russia, Soviet Union, sorry, the Soviet Union, in the middle of the Cold War with Russia today. Yes, you can. Oh, okay. Vladimir Putin is worse. Are you happy to be wrong? No, no, I'm not wrong at all. He's worse. Vladimir bullshit. Putin is worse. You know, he, 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 bullshit. Go ask the people that were on the plane that the Russian goddamn Go missile ask the shot down. That lived with Brezhnev and Stalin. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. We, can, we can just. You can't. That did. Yeah, so are the people in the goddamn plane. They're all dead. That was shot down by a Russian missile. When they were fighting with the Ukraine. Don't go ask the two people that he poisoned oh. in Britain. Go, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you try baby You're comparing that with Stalinist Russia? I don't think so. So now we've gone back to the 40s? Oh, okay, 60s. I don't care. Brezhnev. Yeah. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah. Yeah, Nikita. Yeah, not fun. I will bury you. He pounded on the U.N. in New York. How would they like a couple of atomic bombs over Washington? So the point is... That's what he said. The, the point is we're splitting hairs here. Mm -hmm. Everybody called the FBI. No. Don Jr. Did bullshit. Okay. You get approached by the Russians. If I walk out this door and some asshole Russian calls me right. and says, I can help you do something against America, I'm calling the goddamn FBI. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Good. I think you should as well. Well, well done. Thank but you. I, you. You can't compare the two. Yes, you can. Oh, well, you just did. All right. Uh, Don Jr. Yeah, because now we're back to Don Jr. again because we were always talking about Don Jr. meeting with the Russians. Hey, guess what? He met with Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. He met with the United Emirates. Emirates. Air, Air, uh, Arab Air, Emirates. Emirates. <laughs> he met with them. Together they, we got there. They offered him help yeah. with the campaign. Foreign governments. Yeah. This asshole will meet with anybody. And then guess what? There's even more. At the end of this week, the Spanish authorities gave the FBI wiretaps that they had with Don Jr. meeting with, guess what, folks? Another goddamn Russian. A guy named Torshin, who was the director of the Central Bank in Russia, who was an ally of Putin, who has ties to the NRA, and they met at the campaign convention in Cleveland, Ohio. Who's he going to meet with next, Chad? I don't know. And this is what the prosecutor said mm. when they asked him about it. Mr. Trump's son should be concerned. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, this guy is a, it's a joke, mm. an absolute joke. He'll meet with anybody. Mm. 
and not do what he's supposed to do. Call the FBI. Uh, Be an American. You're a traitor, Don Jr., an absolute Arnold Benedict, period. Okay, when you meet with a, an overseas organization or something, when do you have to call the FBI if it's... If they, ask, if they offer you any assistance in an election in okay. the United States of America. Right, okay. They are not yeah, allowed to do that. that. Just clearing that. You're allowed to do business deals, though, yeah, aren't you? Business deals or, yeah. or you know, scratch it's your free ass world. or scratch my ass. Yeah. But not when you're offering help. What are you looking at? The Golden Door. See, that's the title <laughs> of that book. That's what America's all about. Okay. Uh, who's James Clapper? James Clapper Sorry. is a former national director of the National Intelligence Department. Oh. And he has come out... How many of those departments have you got? You've got we the got FBI, a lot. the CIA, the NAS, the... The uh, CIS, uh, the, the National, and then we've got the Homeland Security. We've got, we got a lot of stuff. They've got, got lots lot of stuff. offices, haven't they? We do. We've got, we got to put people in work. James Clapper has come out and said, pointedly, that the Russians swung the election to Trump. With his knowledge... Oh, I think Hillary swung the election to Trump as probably, well. Probably, probably. Yeah. But Clapper has said, because it was less than 80,000 votes that swung the election oh, in you Michigan... You can't tell which 80,000 it was. Bullshit! No, that, you, you have no, no, no knowledge of American politics. You can't pick... You can't tell which 80,000 yes, it was. Yes, you can. Three blue states, yeah. Michigan, Wisconsin, yeah. and Pennsylvania. Do you know why they voted that way? But you yes, can't... because Clapper said he's seen the evidence of the amount of influence that the Russian social media but hit those three states. That helped. You can't swung blame the it. Election. Hillary swung the election as well. Possibly. Yeah. But, but possibly not. Yeah, well, no. It all adds up. You I'm just, just, you I'm just saying, you this, guy, this, you guy is, you, this guy knows a hell of a lot more than you know. He is not psychic. He doesn't know he what people thought. He has hard facts. Yeah, you cannot have a hard fact about what's in someone's head when they're finally alone in a booth and they go stuff you. Bullshit. You can't know Bullshit. that. Bullshit. He can't okay, know I'm that. Gonna, I'm gonna He's say, not psychic. Bullshit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a little poll that was put out this week okay. in America. Huh? They, asked, they asked Americans, have there been any in, uh, crimes committed in the Russian investigation? <gasps> 56% of the people said no, even though there are 19 indictments and five goddamn people have pleaded guilty. You know why? Mm. Because Trump says witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt. Mm. Hannity says witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt. Mm. Fox News, everybody on Fox News says it all the time, and people just believe that shit because they're flipping morons. Oh, it's, it's they're preaching to the choir, really, though, aren't they? It is, but yeah. that influences, and that's exactly what the Russian social media Here's did what, in those states. Okay. You're, you're conveniently forgetting something really, really big about yeah. uh, why, why Hillary lost as well. Bernie freaking Sanders. Yeah. He was a better candidate. Well, yeah. All the people that voted for him we're wanted not, him. They stayed home because they just didn't want Hillary. You're sounding like Fox News now talking no, way I'm off not. the subject. No, I'm not. We're talking about what influenced the Trump I'm win. I'm saying there are The Russians influenced the Trump win. I'm not, not saying Bernie, they didn't. Not Hillary, I'm not saying they the didn't. Russians. But you can't just pick one and say that's it because you don't know what's in people's head. Bernie Sanders helped. Hillary helped. The Russians helped. Okay. Okay. Um, one no, way traffic. still don't believe it. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing? Uh, <laughs> one-way traffic and Spygate. Yeah, well, this is, this is I'm going sh to show you how Trump is a total asshole mm. and way worse than Nixon. Way worse than Nixon. No, okay. But the one-way traffic, and I just alluded to it's that poll. It's not even worse than George W. Bush. I just alluded to that poll where, you know, because 
Trump and Fox News and Rudy Giuliani and all those people on his side mm. keep saying every day, witch hunt, no collusion, witch hunt, no collusion. And so that affects people's thinking. And then there's nothing on the other side because Robert Mueller doesn't leak anything and he doesn't say anything. Mm. So it's one-way traffic every day. Mm. This is how stupid people are. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, who is the minority speaker of the House uh, in Parliament, she's been around a long, long time, she held a town townhouse meeting and a Georgetown University law student got up and asked, he said, well, Ms. Pelosi, if, you know, it's been over a year now with this investigation, shouldn't there be some hard evidence against Mr. Trump? And you go, no, stupid shit, because Robert Mueller hasn't released what he's found, you idiot. But these morons just go on like uh, that. Okay, now I want to I end with Spygate because this is, this, is just, sure. this is ridiculous. All right, way back when it started, a professor in London talked to George Papadopoulos and said that the Russians had tons of leaked e Hillary Clinton emails, tons of them. Papadopoulos then said, oh, okay. Then Papadopoulos, this guy in London, got drunk and t spoke to Alexander Downer mm. in Australia about these leaked emails that, were, that the Russians had. All right? So then two months later, all of a sudden the leaked emails start to come out. So the Australians went, shit, the guy, you know, I mean, mm. the Russians really are in there. Mm. So they called the FBI. So now what's the FBI supposed to do on that? Are they supposed to just ignore it? They got to go and find out what the story is. Yeah. So they sent one of their informants. To San Diego Zoo. No, yeah, to see a boy, boy thing. <laughs> but they sent one of the, they had one of their informants in London huh? talk to Papadopoulos and talk to Carter Page, another foreign policy guy for the Trump team, right. and a guy named Sam Clovis. That's all. That's what happened. He talked to him. He doesn't reveal who he is. He's an informant. He works for the FBI. Uh -huh. All right? So now Trump gets a wind of this, and he calls it Spygate now because Spygate conjures up James Bond and all that bullshit. Uh. And he's saying that they embedded somebody in his campaign. No, no, he didn't embed anybody. One of their informants. The FBI has... Thousands of informants all over the world, all over the United States. Uh -huh. Trump is such an asshole that he demanded to see the confidential information on this particular thing that started the Russia investigation. Uh -huh. Trump is a subject of that investigation. It's an active criminal investigation. And the DOJ acquiesced to him and had a meeting revealing sensitive information. Now, this informant's name is out there. His name's Stephen Hoffer, Halper. So everybody knows. He's done. He's done. Hopefully somebody doesn't shoot him. Yeah. You know, he's done. So, you know, and then Trump's personal attorney in this investigation went to the meeting. They kicked his ass out. It goes against every constitutional norm, against every... It's like if somebody was investigating you and you went, oh, okay, well, I'll just get my attorney... And we'll go down to the police station. Show me what you got before we get there so I can counter it. It just doesn't happen that way. It's against every constitutional norm. Against The judicial system should be separate from the executive branch. Yes. And particularly Trump being a subject of the investigation. He's not entitled to that information. I'm sorry, folks. He's a traitor. His family are traitors. He's the biggest asshole in the world. He's worse than Richard Nixon. And the morons that support him are traitors also. If you believe that shit, you're stupid and you're a traitor. Simple as that. Gosh, the FBI is sneaky. It seems very sneaky to me.
How are you gonna get? How are you gonna get information? No, no. I just think that's probably their job description, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's we'll what they do. We'll be sneaky. <laughs> Gosh, what do you do? <laughs> I'd be sneaky. A liberal libertarian, and I'm working with your folks. Yeah, Help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you on. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Have your freaking book. Yeah. Well, no, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> The Weekend Variety Wireless with Doc Edge Festival. New Zealand's premier documentary film festival. Okay, cats and dogs. I have no idea why I said that. Um, John Dibley calls me dog occasionally. Perhaps that's why. All right, uh, we'll have a big feast of Documentary Edge Festival stuff coming up in the next hour after the info burst, news, sport and weathery stuff. And keep your ears peeled to win double tickets. I'll do it earlier than later. Don't want to make you wait up past your bedtime. <laughs>